Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are. Good to know. Up. We're, we're awake. It's been a wild 24 hours. How much sleep did uh, you get last night? I don't like. None? I, I talked to somebody about like, very little. None. Uh, I finally very, just yeah, said no, but once. I think once I, I started slept. saying stuff like we're going to count these votes by like Thursday. But like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Going to bed. I slept from about 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. Pacific time, and then I think again from about 5:30 to 6. A uh, couple little couple little cat naps in there. Um, the election betting was absolutely insane. Arbitrage galore. Um, if you are a trader. Uh, you probably had one of your best days of your life. Um, there must have been over a billion dollars, a billion with a B, wagered worldwide on that market last night. Uh, and I don't know that we'll ever see anything like that again. Maybe we will. I know for sure I'm going to be a heck of a lot more prepared in 2024 because, you know, there's the margins are so razor thin here. Uh, and, you know, just the, the way that that live market moved last night was unreal and a lot of opportunities to you know to make money doing this and maybe even bigger bigger than that my major takeaway like i loved how much uh the gambling market as a predictive factor was being discussed by mainstream media like it's cool that number one this was so big and number two that this you know that gambling and sports you know sports betting markets like became part of the conversation um Great sign for the future of sports betting, in my opinion. I really think that was one of the major, you know, maybe one of the only winners last night, truly, uh, was sports betting. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on just major yes, takeaways? Same, same energy and just uh, I think we learned a lot about the difference between the predictiveness of a live total in a sporting event and a live total in something like an election where <clears throat> a baseball game, um, between the Padres and the Athletics. Now, sure. Those two teams may not have even played yet that year. Or maybe it's two teams in different leagues where they don't even play much. Still, a baseball game has been played a couple thousand times a year for 150 fucking years. And they, <laughs> they, and they have pretty sharp algorithms as far as, <clears throat> you know, we know who's pitching, we know who's hitting, we know the situation. We can set this number. Same with every other sport. Now, granted, you'll always see these tweets like, oh, this wild comeback, and did anybody get them when they were plus 2,500 live, when they were down by 15 in the fourth quarter? Like, yeah, those things happen, edge cases in everything. That's the very thin part of the tale. But for the most part, live betting numbers are fairly predictive. Sure. And granted, you know, you can can argue with me on that, and I would let you argue with me on that, because I know they're not the same as pre-market numbers. This was wild, and a lot of it was I discussed with some people. I think some of the numbers moved the way they did based on liability. Like if a book was buried in Trump, and they start to see some signals out of Florida, out of certain other states, 
Florida, yeah. Ohio yeah. get called, yeah. it, and people start to you know people well, and, really and people so start the momentum to starts to build. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is yeah. This is the one place where I actually get behind momentum being a thing because it's momentum in the betting market, and that probably can be measured. But yeah, yeah, well, just a few things, and I, I use this example off the air a little. Let's say the book said Trump has likely a thirty percent chance of win, and this is where we're setting the number. If those things happen, and those traders and risk managers say we were wrong, Trump maybe has a forty percent chance to win now. Yes, you can't. The forty percent chance to win is like plus one fifty. You can't uh-huh. give it. You can't change it to plus one fifty. You got to change it to minus one fifty because you were wrong and you're already buried and you're way off. So at this yes. point, you've got to go hard. And they did, and it didn't matter. It still got steamed. Everybody yeah. believed. I think just everybody. Be- and you know, at this point, we're not going to go too deep into this. We promise. There were a lot of biases. There were a lot of biases. There was a lot of biases. Just based on how you vote, how you sure. follow politics, and I, I don't care. That's fine. But at at the same time, I think a lot of people thought, well, the thing about basketball, in my other analogy, like another player could get hot shooting and erase that lead. You cannot erase an electoral college lead once these states' votes are counted. It's not like, there's oh, a finite, but, There's a finite amount. Yeah, right? there's a finite amount. It's it's almost like tennis. Like you can't, you can't overcome a handicap in tennis. There's only so many games that can be played in a set. Yeah, so people, yeah. I think people got a little excited and said, well, it's oh well, yeah, Biden. It's not like oh, Biden came back and he retook Florida after all the votes were counted in a, in a wild turn of event. I mean, I get technically that, that has happened in Florida. <laughs> Fuck me, but, uh, but it just you know not I think today. people yeah. Pe- yeah not today but people people got overexcited and chased some steam and that's why the number got as big. Not to For say sure. and, and truthfully looking back, um, looking back with the hindsight I have, this probably should have been. Um, Maybe Biden minus 120, Trump yes. flat yes. pick. Yeah. Like a I, I would say maybe minus 150. You know, I, I yeah, don't. I, okay. For sure. I think was, we can there's agree. some really close races in some of these states. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Absolutely. I, I, think the, I think the price was wrong. And if you took Trump, it was probably the value. Systematic I'll, I'll polling. Right we don't need any more proof. Systematic polling errors exist in certain states, period. Like they, they, they systematically exist. And um, yeah, it's, I 100% agree with you. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the Monday scope. Uh, is this the bet of a lifetime? You know, is this a May a Mayweather? You know, Mayweather, Conor McGregor. Uh, the the, the know, popular market. vote was. That's what we said. The popular, <laughs> yes. Which is, and that is true. Like he's up by three million. That, yeah, that and they're not even done. Like that's going to keep going. Um, but uh, yeah, when, they, when do you think they're going to grade? I uh, wouldn't mind those be graded anytime now, guys. Um, but in 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 seriousness. Um, this was not the bet of the century. This was a lot closer. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say it was a lot closer than the market price when it went when when polls started closing. You know, Biden minus two ten to minus one sixty one fifty feels like it was about right. Um, but that's just because that was his implied probability of winning Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, which we're now learning, or you know, th- that or Arizona. Uh, Michigan and Wisconsin, those two, one of those two paths had to happen for this to work because Florida was farther than they realized, and Texas was farther than they realized, and uh, similarly, North Carolina looks like it was farther than they realized. So it was exciting. It was exciting, yeah. and like yeah. especially for me, who you know, there's probably like if somebody came to me and explained to me like which candidate was better for me in, in my you know everyone has unique situations, whether it's tax, whether it's you know your your industry and whatnot. 
and somebody could probably explain to me, but man, like that was my Paul, my, my take on the election. And a lot of people don't share their politics, but I am a registered Republican who voted for Kanye, who thinks the country's going to shit no matter who's in charge. So that was my take on everything. And, and for somebody with like no skin in the game in that case, I had a, I had a lot of fun tracking it last night. It was, it was a lot of fun because okay. people, people, people were losing their minds and it was, it was fun when it swung hard and then it swung back. I went, when I went to bed, it was like a Peckham again. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to wake up and really be, and I, I, again, I woke up at like three in the morning, just like you. And I checked it again. Okay. And it swung some more. So it, it was a wild ride, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, here, 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 you didn't realize it, but the gambling industry needed that to go down that way. <laughs> Number one, we wanted outs with uh, you know stability that into in the offshore market. I think that was the right outcome for us. So you did yeah. have a little at stake there. Yeah, um, there, I, like so, I said, and, somebody and, would have to explain yeah, it to me gambling, like you just did. Yeah, I think the gambling industry was a win overall, too, just in general. Like, that was just, just such a big event. Um and then, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, my, my industry personally, like I would love some in- infrastructure spending to come out of this next uh, next next presidency. And I think that's who's, like who's pro fracking. Uh, Are they both? A, a handful, a handful of people who still, you know, the, the Koch brothers maybe still. I, I honestly I have no idea. I don't even know how fracking works. I just heard a lot of frack talk. Yeah, I don't think. So. All right, let's get I don't, to I, don't even, I didn't even know fracking was big anymore. Um, OK, so let's move on to football and let's start with the game again that. uh we don't happen. know if it'll happen. <laughs> we don't know yeah, when by, it'll by the time this podcast is posted on our on our podcast hosting software, this, could very well this be game posted. might have been called off. But we will touch on it lightly, just because it, it, it is yeah. interesting. A lot has uh, gone on. If you want to put the time in, start the time, start the timer. This is our first one. Yeah. Niners Green Bay. There's been some nice movement on this. It's off the board right now. I mean, is that correct? If is uh, it, it is off the board, is completely yes. off the board, off the because board. of off the board. All the, now, now Ayuk is out. They Ayuk. actually cut a receiver during the, the Pettis is gone. Pettis Debo, is gone. Um, Debo the first is gone. Three starting. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne Kendrick is gone. Bourne is uh, COVIDed up, and Kittle. Trent Williams. Trent Williams. It's a lot, and <laughs> and on top of that, we're not going to go list every injury that happened in the first six weeks. Who is already out? So. I've lost track. I have really lost track. It was plus six, roughly Freaking about fifty, everyone. when it yeah. before it went off the board. I know it, it steamed a little Green Bay's way. They uh, they got a nice contract off the off the uh, books in Quan Alexander, who's fast but expensive. I don't think that was a bad trade for either team. I think uh, New Orleans will make use of him. I think they got what Kiko Alonso and a fifth rounder. So mm-hmm. uh, the trade deadline was kind of boring, but San Francisco participated and. You know, I've been saying this for weeks. Jimmy G is still injured, and when he's injured, he's even less effective. And really, it was kind of pathetic because that's a bad defense. Like the Seattle can get better, and I'll talk about that when we get to them. But right now, it's kind of a bad defense. And what they did with Jimmy G in the game was embarrassing. We bet them. We had yeah. the Seahawks. I was happy, but I had no idea that it was going to go that poorly for him, especially when he did see Mullins come in. So at this point, like, I think Mullins is an upgrade, and I wouldn't maybe say that if Jimmy G was 100%, but Mullins is for sure an upgrade over a, a, a dinged-up, you know, hobbled Jimmy G. And you can say what you want about prevent defense. They weren't in prevent to start, like, or at least at the end there. I mean, there, there was glimpses of this guy is just 
kind of slicing and dicing this defense like other people have. So uh, there's still some work to be done up there in Seattle. But, yeah, the Niners looked they looked real bad. And then, I don't know if you want to – I mean, Green Bay, a little more of the same, but not as bad. Dylan has no, COVID. I, yeah. Jones, Jones, think- Jones actually – we don't know yet. They're not saying 100%. I'm leaning towards Aaron Jones being out. There, if if that's true, their backup has Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams show, yeah, it's the, it's the Williams show, and really the big takeaway from last week was they could not stop Delvin Cook, and losing a bunch of pieces to the Niners, you know, they their run game is going to suffer. Even though I just love that scheme and it seems to work with whoever plug in, but many smart people have brought up how important Kittle is to the run game. So this is this is probably Green Bay or nothing for me, and right now it's nothing because it's off the board. Yeah, no, I think I think they're going to play it personally. <laughs> I think they're going to play it at zero strength. Uh, your receiving options for your 49ers are going to be Kyle Juszczyk, uh Ross Dwelly, uh, and um, who's this guy? Uh, Trent Taylor, maybe. Um, sounds it's sounds not like good. A person, it's not good. Um, and yeah, I think at full strength, the Niners dominated Green Bay twice last year. Um, but Green Bay clearly, I thought, you know, they're, they probably have this game circled preseason. Like we're going to get some, uh, some payback here. We're going to have a special, special plan. They probably crafted in the off season to, to take on the Niners who embarrassed them twice. Um, and they probably were the right side in this one. If we had, um, you know, full strength Niners in a two and a half point line. Um, but we don't. Uh, six, six and a half, I thought was great looking play. When I saw that news come, I, I jammed some before it came down. Um, I jammed some under 49. I think this probably goes off tomorrow. Green Bay minus eight and a half total 44 and tough shit. San Francisco, your season's over. Um, and it's a bummer. Uh, didn't, you know, I, I don't love giving Green Bay free wins. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, didn't end up making much in the way of futures, you know, placement on Green Bay. I have a little, I put a little last week on New Orleans. I don't have anything on Green Bay right now. Um, the path for me to the NFC title game goes through New Orleans. Um, Green Bay, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, it's, it's a, uh, I'm getting an echo. Now it stopped. Um, <laughs> sorry. The, uh, uh, yeah, the, the long term, uh, arc here, I think for for Green Bay is um, you know it's, it's a soft, much much softer schedule than a lot of the other NFC teams, especially the NFC West teams. So they're going to keep racking up wins. They're going to be in the top three, probably top two uh, when it comes down to it in terms of uh, playoff seating. So um, we can move on. Let's talk about uh, Sunday. Let's go to the top of the card where we have another NFC contender in the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I will tee this one up. This is not a great spot. No. for Seattle at all. In <clears throat> fact, it's an especially Horrible. bad spot, and that is what is keeping me off this game. I have not bet this game. I will not bet this game. Uh, even if it gets out to three and a half, I will not take the Bills. I do not like the Bills. Um, I do not like Josh Allen. Um, I do not like what has happened to this defense uh, and all of the injuries that they are struggling with. And realistically, the Seahawks had – a very meaningful win last week against the Niners. That was what ended up being one of my bigger positions of the season so far because of how much that line moved towards Pickham at close. Um, and that was great to be rewarded. Uh, but this is still a team you can't forget that plays down to their competition and wins games <laughs> perilously close for no freaking reason. 
Uh, and on top of that, they had a huge divisional win last week. They have a huge divisional matchup this coming week against the Rams, who are coming off of their bye. Uh, that's not great. This is a terrible spot. They got to travel across the country to Buffalo. Uh, they got to play outdoors in cold weather, probably. I guess it's not going to be that cold up there. But it's uh, it's still on the road. It's still early. It's still across the you know across the country, and it is still not as meaningful of a game for them than what they have next week. And I hate when teams are in this position, so I almost always stay away. Are you in the same boat or are you getting on board with the Seattle uh, momentum that I see in the market right now? It would be if, – if I had to bet, I would bet Seattle. And it is based on some of the things I see from Buffalo, I think. just Well, and Mitch – boy, Mitch Morris, did we talk about this? Was it – you and I, or I don't remember who we talked. The center, about. right? Yeah, the fifth concussion, like that's yeah. That's like I, I just worry about these guys as much Ooh. as I love, and you know, I'm, I'm part of the problem by consuming the NFL and these gladiators go out there every Sunday and put their bodies on the line. Like you, you got to know when to walk away. If you, uh, you're, you're gonna have trouble. You're gonna have CT down the road. Yep. They're already down Cody Ford. So if they're having issues up front. And uh, Seattle can finally get some pressure. Um, I think we'll probably see more of the same where um, Buffalo was getting plus EPA when running the ball, not passing. And that's kind of what I thought we'd see this year. Like, I like some of the things they do, and I like their offense, and I like them as a running offense coming into the year. I was surprised that Josh Allen had such good games to start out. And then, yes, adding Stephon Diggs was a big part of that, likely, and just getting him another year of experience behind or under center there. But it is they're kind of turning more into the team where I thought they would be. And, you know, they, they're still a good team. I'm not saying, like, oh, it's a Josh Allen's regressing and now this team sucks and Miami's going to win the division. It's still a good team, and that's probably what will keep me off this. Uh, it was it was good timing for them to run well as well because the weather sucked and New England has kind of a poor run deep. So a good game by them to get it done in tough conditions and just taking what the other team gives you. But just Seattle is so much more superior than obviously New England, especially in the passing game. You know, just DK is kind of a god. DK and Bobby Wagner put on shows. Like those guys were. DK's been doing it all year, and Bobby Wagner's been doing it for a while. But he's he's like a top three linebacker, maybe top one. Like I love that guy. He's he did it all. He did it all on Sunday. Um, Adams is practicing for Seattle, which would be monstrous in multiple parts of the defensive problems that they're having. And they they acquired Carlos Dunlap. It sounds like he's practicing. I think it sounds like he's gonna just he's going to be part of this game. So I, I didn't know all the rules on that. I was curious, and that's why I was digging around on uh, the last game we talked about a trade as well. I didn't know if there was some COVID rules about quarantining and I you know I guess these teams are traveling to different cities and playing games so I it would not make sense to have a guy quarantine just because he's leaving one team going to another so I, w I would assume Carlo Dunlap could play and you know you can use Adams as a pass rusher too if this if this Bills offensive line is dinged up and all of a sudden you bring in a decent pass rusher and a safety who can help you in that regard and you get to Josh Allen the this Seattle offense could take care of the rest. Like they're just mm. great. 
And, you know, the, the running back thing is an issue. I don't think Carson practiced. And it's not like DJ Dallas is lighting the world on fire. But maybe, again, we always joke and maybe not so jokingly sometimes. It's it's not – it doesn't matter. It's good no, it if doesn't. they don't have it's, – it doesn't – It's it might be good if they don't have a good running back. So It uh, is a problem I, I lean, a little I lean bit. to the under a little bit. But, boy, with, with Seattle being so weak in the secondary as for the season and Buffalo's offense being so downgraded for me – with what I just said about Russell and DK and Lockett and fucking everybody, I I don't I don't want to screw around with this under. A couple other things that scare me: uh, DK against Trey White, toughest yeah. matchup he's going to have faced all season. That's true. Um, you have um, some likelihood that they look at the statistical performances of Buffalo this year and they're like, we can run on this team, and maybe you come in with a minus EV game plan from Shot Shotty. I have to change the channel. Even if I don't bet it, I'll change the channel. Like, oh, um, those this. both support an under, by the way. Yeah. Um, and no, then, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, your pa- your pass rush points are super solid, but uh, you still have to cover Stefan Diggs. Who's doing that? We hadn't seen a whole heck of a lot of good coverage out of the Seattle unit at all. I still have PTSD from the way they covered, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins in that Sunday night football game. Um, Diggs can Diggs can hurt you. you know, yeah. He he make make uh, Allen look better. Yeah, your your best defense against Diggs is Allen's accuracy. Yes, true, 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 true. He's been bad for a couple weeks now. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it was it started to make me question like what was going what was on going on. I don't I don't think we have any answers. So yeah, I'd lean Seattle, lean the under. If this goes back to two and a half, I might my hand might be forced. I know it's a juicy two and a half, and and if this total gets steamed up, like if it's fifty six, fifty six and a half come game time, I'm gonna have to look at it hard on Sunday, and maybe look into some of the quotes from Pete, Pete and Shotty. If they are thinking about running the ball, this is this one might land in the fucking thirties. So, yeah, I agree with you. Why don't you tee us up on uh, Atlanta versus the Denver Broncos? What a forgettable oh game! What a forgettable very, game! Very, yeah, I know. I looked at this. I'm like, oh, this game is happening. So Atlanta's coming off wins, though. Yeah, Atlanta and Atlanta is coming off extra rest from Thursday night football, which uh, we bet against them. That was kind of an odd game, and I guess in our opinion, since we didn't think it would go that way, uh, they were conservative, especially that opening drive. They kicked that field goal, which was awful, and it, it ended up not biting them, which will make your coaching staff worse, I believe, because if conservative play calling doesn't hurt you. It's just gonna, it's just gonna continue. Weird and yeah, weird game. Like Matt Ryan looked like, I don't know, Cordell Stewart, Mike Vick. That's a better yeah. comparison. He played there. Like that was weird. <laughs> Matt, Matt Ryan's taken off. He had a nice scamper and he had a touchdown run. It, yeah, it's not what you expect from Matt Ryan. So, um, I think yeah, the most memorable part was probably the, the hit on Teddy. God, that was kind of filthy. Hated that. There's yes. some news that they're making some they're making some headway on what they want to do with coaching, which is probably Hackett or Bienemy. That's uh, those are Ooh. the rumors Ooh. right now. I I don't think they should be going ahead of Raheem Morris. I don't love him as a head coach, but possibly getting Denard back for Sunday that can help the the defense quite a bit. And then uh, offensively, Ridley. Is dinged nah, up, but not going. It's, yeah, it's well. It, it, that's where it started. Was the MRI showed it to be minor, and now it's like he's. It might not be as minor as we thought. So he, yeah. I, I mean, are you hearing out? Out? I'm just putting like 
doubtful. I'm assuming he's going to miss two weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying doubtful. It would surprise me, but nothing surprises me anymore because Allen Robinson played last week. Great after, point. That's a great two, point. Which, that's a concussion. I don't, the concussion protocol is very cryptic. Yeah, Denver. Denver plus three and a half. Lindsay should seriously be that lead back. Like watching that game, I, I would, yes. and what can you what can you take away from that game? As bad as good as Drew Locke was in the comeback, he was just as bad in the early part of the game. The defense was horrid; they were getting carved up at times. It, it was just like you know the old cliche, the tale of two halves. But Jesus, what what was going on with the Chargers there? I want to put more of that on the Chargers than the Broncos playing that well. But at the yes, same I time, again, they have some nice young pieces. Judy had a long one, Hamler, and kind of what was uh, I mean, well, Lindsey had like a 50-yard run, too. Like, they just looked faster in the second half, and I can't explain why. I want no part of this game except for the over that I took to, you know, the side, rather. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the side I can't touch. We took this over on Sunday, 48. Yeah. It is up to 50 flat. Yay! So, yay, we got some closing line value. Uh, yeah, I'm, I wasn't impressed with the Denver defense, even though they, that is kind of a strength that they've carried over the past few years. And even without Ridley, Arizona's been a little uh, a little squirrely on offense. Like, this offense yeah. is coming around. What we saw against Carolina, I think we see more of that. And They Denver, left a lot of points on the field, too. Yeah, and yeah, they, they should have scored a lot more. Again, they were conservative in kicking field goals. If they're better in the red zone, Atlanta could end up with quite a few points. And their defense is not good. Like, that was the other part of the game that bothered me. Carolina left way more points on the field. Like, they should have played better, probably been at least in that game, if not winning it. Would have been nice for our money. But, yeah, I, I think both these teams score quite a few because these yes. defenses are very suspect. Yes. Anything else on that? No, favorite over the week, for sure. Yeah, not it close. is. I hopefully that one goes easily for us. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about that one. Denver's defense is overrated. Um, the way that yeah. they gave up, they gave up passing yards in, you know, with with uh, pre- extreme prejudice to Keenan, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Justin Herbert. I think um, that sets up well for an Atlanta offense, which is finally kind of finding its feet. Uh, I like that the protection that we saw for Atlanta last week. Um, I don't did Atlanta punt last week. I don't think they did. I don't think they punted in that game. <laughs> Some of that's Carolina defense, but Atlanta's offense is finally clicking a little bit. Um, I like yeah, Julio uh, yeah. resurgence. Yeah. Julio and resurgence. As much as I dogged on Todd Gurley, he's playing well. Yes, he is playing well. And, uh, we're probably going to see Justin Gage. I think if, even if Redley doesn't go, he's exciting. So. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of positives here for Atlanta offensively and, uh, realistically drew lock, uh, finally healthy connecting with, uh, Judy, uh, going up against this pass defense for the, uh, Falcons, which is super suspect and a total under 50. Everything was, this is like a perfect storm. Really, I think this was a good buy low spot on Atlanta's offense. We even we almost had forty seven and a half, and it moved on us. I know. So I know. All right. Uh, One wonders. Take me to, take someone me to from Tennessee. Bet online wasn't watching the sc- the stream and moving it on us, yeah, moving it on there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on that over. Would, and really, for the people listening, to this that didn't get Sunday, would you still take over fifty? There's a fifty minus a five out there. Would you take that? I make the fair total in this one fifty three. Okay, so yes, I would so still yes. take it. Join in, have fun. <laughs> Tenny, um, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Another over we backed. Uh, I'll set this one up. 
Chicago's defense is starting to show some cracks. Um, they've gotten exposed a little bit now, two weeks in a row. Uh, Rams moved the ball on them pretty effectively. Saints moved the ball on them pretty effectively. And now they go up against the number one offense in the NFL, in my opinion, in terms of both ability to maintain offense and explosive plays, healthy at all levels of this offense. Um, Tannehill doing a very, very serviceable job quarterbacking this this team. Top five quarterbacking performance for Tennessee so far this season. Coming off a lackluster performance against the Cincinnati Bengals, that was unfortunate. I was all over Tennessee in that game. That was very frustrating to see them perform that poorly. But now they get a chance to bounce back at home. And, oh, by the way, their defense is hot garbage. Um, they have they were unable to manifest any too. semblance of a pass rush. Any semblance of a pass rush against the worst offensive line in the league for Cincinnati, who was missing two starters. They still could not get a sack against Joe Burrow. That was pathetic, and that does they not set up like well. Two hits. It was. Bad. It doesn't set that, that doesn't set up well for this matchup against Nick Foles. Even though Nick Foles also dealing with a struggling offensive line, um, he can you know if you give him time, he's going to take shots down the field. Allen Robinson is playing really well. Uh, I have no idea if we'll ever see a Dory Jackson. Uh, the they make a trade for um, Desmond King from. The Chargers, which was a long-term, that's a huge positive long-term. I do not know how you slide him in on the fly off the trade deadline wire and have him make an impact in this game. Um, But I do think that Chicago is going to get theirs in this spot. Um, Really and truly, everybody's getting theirs against Tennessee, so why not us? Um, 46.5 is awfully low. I don't know why. The only thing that's got me a little pausing about not being more bullish on this play is that the market I is I just kind of oh, okay. yeah. What is it? What what we um, guess? Trubisky's hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and Matt Nagy's calling awful offense. He's just he's running every every single handoff to David Montgomery is two yards in a cloud of dust. It is a wasted down. It is frustrating to watch. Uh, he keeps doing it. I don't know what's going on with him and his play calling, but it's not great. Um, but this is his chance to get right <laughs> against defense that can't stop anyone. Um, so 46 and a half is awfully low. The one thing I was going to say that has me a little ter- trepidatious about this is that the market has been staring at this 46 and a half all week and shrugged. No one else is seeing this. And I hate when that happens. Um, at least it's not going down. There's no weather involved in this game. Uh, and, you know, realistically, um, I think this has shootout written on it. And I'm fine being on over 46 and a half, but uh, well, we'll see if it gets any late action. What do you think? What do you think could. This goes? I mean, I mean, uh, the then this is something I've mentioned in the past, and it's something I still do with most of my plays. I try to make the counterpoint, and I think you did a good job of that. And I think the counterpoint is Nagy. I think the counterpoint is you know Foles is not a good quarterback. It's not a good team. They're down four offensive linemen, but. What did we see last week against a work, you know, at least as bad with, you know, multiple missing starters on that offensive line. No pressure. Like they just are not good on defense at, at all levels. Like the secondary, it's hurt. I mean, you have injuries and the rookie is not playing as well as they'd hoped. So, and yeah, Dory Jackson, huge part of that. He's going to come back eventually, but it could still be a couple weeks here. So it's a bad defense right now, and it's a bad defense who's not, you know, they tie together the secondary and the and the pass rush. 
yes. your secondary is bad and you're not getting any pressure and he you're can just stand co- back there, if they're not good at coverage to begin with, the longer they have to cover receivers, the the worse things are going to get. It just it builds on itself. It's cumulative. Compounding. Yeah, compounding is even better. That's the word I was looking for. And it's it's going to be a big problem even against lower level teams. And the Bears, they're sneaky good with some of their players. I mean, this I wish they'd stop another one. And this ties in with Nagy. Stop using Corderell. Like that's just a de- like. Oh God, I know, right? Spike, spike the ball into the ground instead. Of, he's going to have like a ninety yard touchdown now. Can I get a little and, more Cole Komet and a little less Jimmy Graham too? Anytime oh, now. Exactly. Anytime now. I have that exact same thing. Right, right now. <laughs> stop now. using Corderell. Start using Cole yeah. Komet. Komet's, Komet's yes. a good player, and they drafted him I high enough it. where they need to get him involved in the offense. Uh, Wims, that guy might be an idiot. That was my favorite part of that. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole game, the fake chain He's snatch not. and then just beating on that guy's helmet. What? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, they, t- they took your NFC Super Bowl team to the to overtime, the wire. to the brink. And wire. yes, they they were missing a lot of receivers from New Orleans. We'll get to them eventually. All those receivers practice today, which is Ooh, a super baby. good thing for our New Orleans Saints. But uh, yeah, the Bears. Get- I, I don't. I don't. I don't love a. I did a little. I don't oh, love. Yes. Okay. I don't love a side here just good because deal. you know I am. I am worried about just how the Bears are a team that I can't put a finger on how, but they always keep it close. My power numbers would say Tennessee should be bet at this number, but I can't do it, and I won't do it, and I'll gladly just take this <laughs> over 46 with you. It's yeah. 47 at Bookmaker. You what know what other thing that could help? You know what other thing that could help the over? I think we did, yeah. I'll have to double check, but uh, you know what other thing I like about the over? Um, Khalil Mack potential strip sack on Tannehill, right? Like there's, there's, there's a very realistic – uh, possibility that uh, you know Tannehill holds on to the ball too long. Khalil Max got an advantage in that head-to-head against injured. You know, the, the, Taylor Lewan's not walking through that door. Uh, he's going up against the backup there. And um, yeah, I could see Khalil Max scoring some points here. Let's get a little strip sack, buddy. He's been quiet for a couple weeks. Um, so obviously that doesn't help Tennessee's offense score points. But uh, I think there's realistic variance here from a defensive scoring standpoint. So. That even makes me like him over forty six even more. You want me to? You want to tee up uh, your Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings? Ooh, yeah. This was a this is a close call for Andy, where I almost just shoved on the Vikings today when the, the is... line was still up, and they said, "Hey, Stafford might have Rona, and you're getting Chase Daniel." And I said, "Well, it's still up for a reason. Like they haven't yeah. taken it down yet. I'm not gonna." Take the bait, probably. Or, I shove. I, I don't. I don't need. I don't need to shove on this. And now it sounds like Stafford probably plays. He's probably gonna be okay. He's probably like, gonna be okay. He he does not have a positive test. He's already had it, by the way. And that was the yeah. I don't think he has had it. It was false positive before. Was it? I'm not 100 yeah, sure. It was false I think positive. I think they were lying to us before. So it might be. We they were, might be. They might have. Been. There was but a he, lot of lying. Either way, it, if he and it's early, like we're still at Wednesday. It's a Sunday game. He just needs a couple negative tests and not to show symptoms, and he'll play. So likely plays uh, indoor game. Two good offenses, two bad defenses, and this totals come down. <laughs> And uh, I guess, and maybe it is a case of Minnesota was much more committed to the run, 
And not only that, I talked about uh, team being conservative and being rewarded for it, and that confirmation bias, you know, conti- making a coach continue to be conservative. And if Minnesota's very successful, by the way, running the ball last week, why wouldn't they just continue with that? Dalvin Cook looked great. He diced. He diced Green Bay up. I watched a lot of that game. So Minnesota, I, I guess I get the under look here. It's it is a bigger number and. Maybe what Galladay's out. Galladay's out. That was why I loved the under yep. to begin so got, with, and yep. then I saw I, that news and I was like, "Oh shit, I better get down on this." And I I shoved on the end. Yep. So Galladay's out. Galladay's for sure. Trey Flowers to in multiple weeks. It sounds like now. Trey Flowers to the IR. Minnesota. I mean, what can you say? This team makes no sense. It was. It makes no sense. Maybe one of the worst teams I've ever seen play for a couple weeks, and then it's like, oh, the offense was good, but it was in garbage time. And then the next week, it's like, oh, this offense is kind of good. Like, if if one of these quarterbacks, he won't win it because there's three quarterbacks and two of them are playing pretty decent football at times. But Jefferson probably is your best rookie receiver right now. He's great. He's he's a lot of fun. They still oh, have Thielen. Yep. They have a couple good tight ends. Like this could be a this could be a good offense. And you know Detroit getting a little healthier. But I'll put him number time, two behind Chase Claypool. Oh yeah, that's in the conversation that's fair. for rookie of the year. That is well, yeah. Just Clay, Claypool had that huge blow up game. <laughs> Not because I'm holding a hundred to one ticket at all. I'm just being totally. Yeah, I know me, me too. I don't have any Jefferson <laughs> exposure. And to be fair, I don't it's have going, any Jefferson it's going to Herbert or Burrow, like at this point, Thanks, just because of volume. The volume. What if they're both like two. They're what if they're both like three win teams? Doesn't matter. They're, Doesn't matter. Kyler Murray got how many went? Yeah, how many went? Kyler had five last year. Five. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you get to like six, seven wins. It's a lock, I think. For a, you'd really have to blow up as a receiver. The last few receivers, it was like OBJ. Um, Percy Harvin, Randy Moss yeah. way back in ninety, like what Randy Moss did in ninety eight. It didn't yeah, matter. That's what not happening. Did. And, yeah, and Peyton, Peyton Manning was in that rookie class. Oh yeah, that's right. Wow, good call, good callback. <laughs> yeah. uh, he also threw twenty eight interceptions. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> I was just um, I was hoping you'd say that. That was so bad. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the Vikings offense can be great, but again, I think it's going to be more predicated on the run. I'd lean a little toward Jarunder. I don't mind that look. I didn't get in on it, and now I'm probably in a holding pattern, waiting to see what, what happens. happens. I, it's not. Yeah. It's not like Chase Daniel doesn't help the over. So maybe I'm dead wrong, sitting in a holding pattern. Is it on the board? No. Okay. Never mind then. But yeah, no. The COVID scare for Stafford was misinterpreted. I think to a degree. I definitely misinterpreted. I was like, oh, he's on the list. He got it. Um, but no, it's just he's was. It was a contact tracing. Precautionary, add him to the list. Um, so no guarantee Cross that he him will. off then. <laughs> um, and I would also say um, the Galladay injury matters a lot. On off Galladay with uh, Matt Stafford is like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Um, yeah. He is not nearly as effective, efficient as as deep as a, especially as a deep threat, which matters against this Minnesota team, right? right? Like if you're going to be a half-ass passing offense going up against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's going to, number one, they're going to be live in that game. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to try to keep the game short because they're going to try to run on you. Uh, Detroit can stop the run relatively effectively. Um, so I don't know that that's really going to work. Uh, there's going to be a lot of frustrating drives on this one. You know, a lot of punts. Uh, and that the total the is part screaming high. Total. <laughs> About, uh, yeah. well, just the insistence on using the run for both teams. For both teams. And the insistence yeah, like, on not I'm being like, aggressive. Neither team is aggressive, really. Pat and Matt Patricia. 
Uh, neither team is going to play with the lead and keep keep their foot on the gas. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of positives here that I think um, play to an under. Uh, so and the you know, Vikings had incredible red zone efficiency last week, and they still didn't get over their total. <laughs> so no, like, well, those drives those drives were so incredibly long. Closing total, but they didn't get over the. 52 it was like 49 point game 50 point game anyway it, it did it did yeah that landed in the middle and that was a weird yeah. game it was like every time i looked up at that game it's like man there, there's a lot of time that took off of the and again it was it was a lot of running and uh, i guess you don't the running scheme just, is great well you, scheme is great. you don't have to just run to make the clock like completed passes inbounds keep the you know not having penalties there's a lot of things it's you know not just running keeps the clock going well that's true because it's very hard to stop the clock on a run unless you go to bounds but i mean just looking i'm going to pull up play by play here in the first half there were only essentially the first half was four drives the last drive green bay got green bay got the ball back with 31 seconds left for their third third touch so the i first think drive both was coaches third, would, yeah 13 plays coaches, 75 yards yeah both coaches are having wet dreams watching that first half and thinking that could be me yeah oh yeah could, so yeah you had an eight minute drive a six minute drive a nine minute drive and a six and a half minute drive and they all ended in touchdowns they were all 67 72 73 75 long plays all double digit plays and then one basically you know just to run the ball out Drives four drives in that first half. None of them no punts. Everybody just got touchdowns. That's I didn't realize. I, I felt like it was there a weird punt in there. Very it was weird. weird. So, yeah, if, if you say every every drive ended in a touchdown in the first half, like well that that game went over right, <laughs> and, and really it, <laughs> it just it pushed on some of the numbers because of some game theory two point conversion shenanigans late. So, yeah, it's true. Wild, wildness in that one, and yeah, I, I again, I don't think we see every single drive ending in a touchdown, but I do see some extended time drives, and I don't mind that under it. Also, really, really quick here, Minnesota wins. Are they back in the playoff conversation for the seventh? No, that's stupid. Don't say that. One team out of Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota probably going to get a playoff spot, right? Probably their like schedules they're, they're are prob- so they're easy. probably they're probably in the mix, but I think Chicago has such a head start. And Chicago at three and five against them. At three and, and sh- at three and five. Do they go five and three down the stretch? Finish eight and eight. Are they at seven seed in the NFC? Maybe like the Bears probably end up right there though too. So it, it'll be a dog. It'll yeah, probably true. come down to the Bears games. Yeah, the two Bears Vikings games are going to decide who gets that seven seed. I think. It's kind of wild, next? huh? Uh, I'm going to make another case for a total here, and you can tell me if this was this is optimistic or or uh, or if I'm missing something. Um, we head to the Indianapolis Dome. What's the Indy Dome called? I can't even remember. It used to be the RCA Lucas Dome. Oil so, Stadium. Lucas Oil Stadium. Thank you. Head to Lucas Oil Stadium, Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore Indianapolis have a little history. Colts. The Colts stole the Colts from Baltimore, right? Or the city of Indianapolis stole the Colts from Baltimore. Yeah, in like um, the 60s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But there's always been a little bit of bad blood between these teams. There's always been a little chippiness I'm trying to build this up. I think this is probably the best game of the day. Yeah, maybe. At least of the day. Not a, you know, the night night spot on Sunday is pretty well, It was in 84. Like, I thought it was a long time ago. It was in the 80s. Is, it was in the 80s, yeah. Um, six this six is, days before I was born. That's right. Um, this is uh, the soup. This is a. Uh, this is a meaningful game. These are two very real contenders in the AFC. 
uh, albeit not at the top of the AFC. Uh, Baltimore is coming off of a very hard-fought loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the mighty Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Baltimore looks so good in that second half. Man, I can't believe they didn't win that game. Uh, too, many, too sloppy. They were too sloppy. Yeah, um, it was the mistakes for sure. Go look at that box and, score. It's disgusting. Right. No, like, and I think, honestly, what I saw in that game was I, I think that was perfect for my ultimate kind of hopes and dreams for this season, which is to get a buy low on Baltimore <laughs> right before Thanksgiving, right before they play Pittsburgh again. Uh, and I, I, I think they win this game. I think they're the right side. Two and a half, two, whatever it ends up going, I think is the right look because there's just so much more dynamic offensively if they hit their ceiling. Um, but they're missing some pieces. They're missing Marlon Humphrey. I don't love that, although there's not really a game-breaking receiver that I'm especially worried about for Indianapolis. Um, I guess really and truly, the fact that Lamar Jackson has is going up against a defense that I think is extremely overrated. I think this defense, the rating, the market rating on the Indianapolis Colts defense is nonsense, in my opinion. They've played very, very poor teams all season. They have run a keep everybody in front of you type of defense, which I think is per, you know zone, which I think is perfect for Lamar Jackson to pick apart. Uh, and I think he's going to look good. I think this is a good bounce back spot for him. I think he's going to have a solid performance on Sunday. And I think that the Ravens in general can get into the twenties. Uh, similarly, the, um, you know, the Colts with their offensive line and their strength, uh, and what they can do in terms of, uh, you know, the way they match up against, uh, the blitz, especially, uh, Phillip rivers. Um, he throws some picks sure, but he can also put up some points. Uh, so the fact that this total is, was as low as 46 earlier this week and is still at 47, a bettable 47 now was enough for me to get on this over. Um, our German friend riding this one with us. Uh, do you have a strong opinion either way on this total or this side? I'm, I'm pretty tempted to buy low on Baltimore. And I think if it weren't for some of the injuries, I probably would have already. But losing... Losing Ronnie for the year, Phillips too. So you're down two linemen. Ingram, yeah. I don't know if Ingram matters because Gus and Dobbins are so serviceable. Gus, like Gus, might be the best running back there anyway. He looks great, and yeah, Dob, Dob, both of them. Like, the, is Ronnie nice really done for the year? Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, he's he's messed up. Like his. I saw his IR, but I wasn't sure if it was the short I, IR or the long IR. It's the pretty, long I'm, IR. I'm pretty sure it's the bad IR. Oh no! I, I think Phillips might be the short IR. I'm gonna double check. But either way, you know, I'm short term. They're out for this week. Okay. Yeah, the goal, that box score is something to behold, and it just goes to show, like you can be the better team, but if you make big mistakes in high leverage spots, you will lose. You will lose when you play good teams. Excuse me. Very similar to the playoff team that went up against Tennessee and made big mistakes with turning the ball over. Big, I don't want to say mistakes, but losing high leverage plays on f- short fourth downs, like that Baltimore team was never in the game against Tennessee in the playoffs. Same kind of thing, mostly in the second half, but they kept they kept uh, the Steelers from scoring in the first half. The only score was a defensive touchdown. They kept that offense completely off balance. They didn't get it done. They were up. They should have been up more, and then just. Steelers went three for three in the red zone in the second half. They won the turnover battle four to one. A couple of the turnovers were in such high leverage spots, and it didn't. Oh God, look at this! They Baltimore out snapped them 
by 29 plays. It was 70. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. This is just 79 wow. to 50. And then another one, and, and this is, I don't think this is predictive and we're going to see more of this because it's a good coach, but man, yeah, Baltimore's off the bye and they come out and have all these mistakes, nine penalties for 110 yards. And now you're losing two linemen. Marlon Humphrey's got the Rona. Ingram's banged up, and I still don't know if Lamar's knee's right. So I want to back Baltimore, but I I get the ending money. Like, I understand it. I lean with you. I won't bet this game likely, but if this is a a slow start, this will be a nice, you know, like live overlook for me. Hmm. Or a second. You were were right, by the way, about Ronnie Stanley. He's done for the season. Yeah, I want to say that was a pretty bad injury. Um, so yeah, rough, rough spot. And like, I'm, I'm a big Steelers guy. I have Steelers exposure. I've talked about it every week to beat it into the ground. They didn't deserve to win that game. They did. They, they were great in the second half, but man, yeah. when, when you, it takes a defensive score and winning the turnover battle like that and still, you know, getting it done against a good team off their bye, they, they gave up the lead again and they went down and retook it. They legit, we'll get to them in a second. They they have an easier matchup this week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I lean with your way, and and still, still with everything I said about Baltimore, I still kind of want to take them at minus two. But I will, uh, I'll lean off that. Yeah. I might even take Indiana, Indiana tease if I. Ooh, yeah, if that's I see not a bad teaser. Like, if huh? I see some things I like it with uh, Rocky Sin cleared concussion protocol. T.Y. groin like is. I don't not, like him. No, he's not. But he's better than his backup. So I don't know that that's true. That might not be true. Ty has nailing groin. Few things to find out in that game. So, okay, um, all, all good points. Um, I still think this is pretty low total, especially given how important this game is now. And you, you know, you got to be aggressive if you're Harbaugh in this one. You can't drop another one here. You, this is a very important one for them to win. So, I think that that added aggressiveness I like. You know, fourth down, going for it on fourth down when you're on the other side of the fifty and. Un- unleashing some of the good plays that we haven't seen as much of this year so far. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's a couple of things I like about this. Um, that shit, man, potential for pick sixes too. Uh, both teams, <laughs> you know, I think are liable to, to, you know, put points on the board for the other side. Um, but you're right. Everything, your entire breakdown was spot on. Um, I actually, I did a double take when I updated my ratings this week and Pittsburgh was downgraded after beating the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> on the, the road. I was like, wow, why am I downgrading so them? It was yeah. not, yeah. It was a, that was a fluky win, but that's what good teams do. They win ugly. Um, man, you want to tee us up here on uh, Carolina KC? Yeah, I don't love this game at all. Oh, Carolina let us down. So Carolina on extra rest. That's nice, but it's still extra rest heading to play. Uh, man, if you if you're gonna let Matt Ryan go up and down the field on you, what the shit is gonna happen when you go down to KC? Carolina, we we made nice cases for yes, the coaching staff has done a good job with a bad roster and whatnot, but the defense is showing some weaknesses. Julio just feasted on that secondary. That zone is super beatable, and if it's super beatable by an interim head coach who's a defensive head coach and, you know, the offensive play caller who is responsible for early, you know, everything that we've seen out of Atlanta. I feel like Andy and our guy, what is his name? Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. 
and Andy calls the plays, but I feel like they should be able to just wreck this zone. So they were they were disappointing. They were like I think they were awful on third down. I have written down one for three on fourth down. Like that's not going to help. A couple of those fourth down plays, I could not believe they didn't get them. Like when when Teddy. Oh was the God, end. this sucks. Like Teddy Teddy two, getting oh, Teddy oh. getting run down was nothing. So yeah, and, and truly they were one for three on fourth down. Their fourth down conversion that they did get, if you remember, was that that fake punt direct snap to a safety. <laughs> that was nice. That's right. Nice play, but I like they, when they went out and went for it and were aggressive on fourth down, they were not rewarded, which sucks when you back that team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, you can't rush three if your zone sucks and your players can't stick with anybody and they have good receivers in Atlanta. And I think it's it's going to get worse. So Kansas City is a tougher test. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that. So I'm uh, I might tease this. Possible it's, motivational low spot for Casey heading into their bye it is, week. It, it is absolutely. massive favorites against it, a team that not really. They do they do play down and they don't use the good. It's like they don't use the good. They play don't use the good plays. And that's where that's they where don't I kind use of, the I, good plays. I kind of would think about teasing this. We talked about that 10 and a half, 11, 11. I've been spot. staring at those points. Staring at them. Yeah. 11. Teddy covers, baby. Oh, you're. You can make a case for that because the Casey Teddy covers these big play, numbers. Teddy covers big numbers all the time, so yeah, it's 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 silly to say like I would think about Carolina, but I'd also think about teasing it because I think it is mathematically a value. I just I don't how about the that. fact that how, how about the I guess just strictly forget about what Casey does offensively. Okay, let's just assume they get a bunch of points. Yeah, they score thirty. How many? Can is Carolina, Carolina get to twenty? Twenty-one. Christian McCaffrey's going to be back. Offensive tackle healthy. I think Christian McCaffrey's going to be back. Yeah. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. These guys are good. They don't really match up well. This KC defense. Dude, this KC defense right now I have rated seventh in the NFL. That is insane. They are not that good. That is going to come back to earth. This defense can be scored on. I did not. I'm staring at the points. Do you think the over is the better play? Well, I mean, if you're, if, 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 you're, if your case 52 is... 52.5, actually. Like, that's the thing. If your case here, you're making, and you're talking me into this over, if your case is Carolina has... They, and they do. They have good receivers, and this is a beatable secondary. They're not going to... Oh, and Andy's like, oh, we'll just... Well, I guess if they beat us, they gave us their best try, and they scored 24 so I, we can't get to you know we won't be able to get more points than that. Like Carolina scoring, Carolina scoring is going to, you know, if if Carolina gets to twenty four, this game goes over nine yeah. times out of ten. Yeah. So if if you think Carolina scores, I think the over is the play, and there are some fifty two and a halfs. There are some fifty two and a halfs where I can get a cheap over, like a bookmaker. I can even sell that up a little. I'm. I'm gonna dig into one or two things, and I'll probably tweet something out tomorrow if I end up on it. But I'm, I'm, I think you've got me tuned into an over here. You know what? One. You know what? Are we being stupid? Should Are this we? be the secret pod play? I, I thought about that. Carolina <laughs> team over. Why not? And, and, it's gonna be. The, it's gonna be the what? Little, 21? little Mexican girl commercial. Why not both? Is, why not both? Is it gonna be like? It's gonna be like twenty-one and a half, probably, right? So, so you're looking at 52 and a half, so you're at 26 minus 5. So you got like 20 and a half, 21, 21 and a half. 
depending where it comes in at. If it, if it's twenty one, I'd hit it. Okay. Well, I'm gonna consider the points. I'm gonna consider the over. I'm gonna definitely suggest that this, this is, is our secret. I haven't pod over. much. I think this should be. I think this should get strong consideration for the secret pod team total. Uh, we'll circle back at the end. So tune in yeah, to find team out. Team totals aren't up at Ben Online right now. That not me. yet. Not yet. They're not. Um, but that's okay. Uh, talk about a game that I do not want to talk about. Uh, Houston Jacksonville. My goodness gracious. Um, Jacksonville is waving the white flag on the season. Uh, Gardner Minshew is injured, and they are starting a, guy, a fellow named Jake Luton. Luton? Luton. Luke List. Luton? Luke List. Juiced Luton is starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Juiced. Um, they're trying to build these international ties up for the Jaguars, so they're bringing in Dutch golfer Juiced Luton. Uh, and he will be starting as quarterback. If, I, if, you were, if you were like, you have to make a play on this game – period, I'm probably taking the under because I don't think Juice Luton is going to be able to score more than 10 points even against this terrible Houston defense. I have the Houston defense currently power ranked as the 30 whoa, whoa. first. 31st. There was only so many places you can go with 30. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a 32nd, but I actually have moved Jacksonville down to 32nd. <laughs> and so it's crazy that the 32nd ranked defense going up against the 31st ranked defense, I would say the under is the play. Um, but I realistically don't know how Jacksonville manifests points in this one. Um, things are things are going sideways real fast here. Um, they're positioning themselves for the draft, uh, figuring out the future of the franchise. And I do not think they're going to be competitive against this team. This is a rematch. We saw one of these earlier. It was one-way traffic for Houston after they fired Bill O'Brien. Houston season. Boy, is this thing unraveled. They didn't make a trade at the deadline, so they're gone. You know, there's still this kind of, you know, walking zombie 500-ish team that's got all these losses. Um, that's probably fine that they're <laughs> – that was the, the stove preheating. Um, what you I don't know. I think – I think Houston is was fairly bet up from four to six and a half. I don't actually hate them under a touchdown here. Do you think they this is like a twenty eight to ten kind of game? Like I'm kind of envisioning a final score. It's pretty one way for Houston here. I would lay the points with Houston if you made me bet this, even at the inflated number. This look ahead was like close, like minus one, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, way different because you have you have a a team, especially early in the season, who didn't look terrible. The quarterback play was okay. The offense looked good, and it was a spot where they'd be coming off a bye and hosting a team who just lost their best player. So, look ahead spot being near a pick'em makes sense. But yeah, with the current situation, I get the move. Hard to predict that sort of stuff and get ahead of it. If anybody did, kudos to them. Um, There's some six and a half. Heritage has a six and a half oh five right now. You can find some like if you if you want to lay it with Houston, I don't hate that. They're a team right now that I don't think they're like. What's the NFL playoff picture look on that side as far as you want to talk about the Vikings? Too, too many, too many good, too like, many. There, good teams. there are too many. There are too many teams in the AFC. But man, all it takes is and of all the teams, of all the gin joints in all the world, of all the teams <laughs> who are capable. And have like I don't want to. They have say the best quarterback spirit. of all the teams that are on the outside looking. Yeah, they're one. Is that, that's what you're getting at. They, I yeah, 100 agree. One they have the best. 
But they're a team that's done this like a hundred times where, oh, the Texans won like nine straight games and won the division. Like they're winning the division. Tennessee's five and two. Indy's five and two. It's just, you know, that's not happening. They need, the problem is you need nine wins, period. You need Like you, you probably, eight you need probably doesn't do it in the AFC. Doesn't do it in the AFC. Like the, no. the, right now there are Miami and the Raiders are above 500 and they're out of the playoff picture. Yeah. So it's Easier, awful yeah. tough. So I Easier guess, I guess the, mo- the motivation is tough, but at the same time, like Deshaun is such, you have such a huge quarterback advantage. You have a huge receiver advantage. The defense is a little suspect at times, but still has some pretty good players. Yeah. If you if you made me bet this, I'd bet Jack or Houston. I'd just lay the points, and I, I probably am not going to do that, though. I'm not excited yeah. about laying points on the road with the one and six. No disagreement. No one disagreement. and six for a reason, but if you want to get in bed with Jake Luton and the points, bless Ugh. bless your whole. Bless I'm surprised that the, I'm surprised this stopped at seven and came back down to six and a half. Who in the world ran to the book and said, "Nope, that's the buy price point, <laughs> Jacksonville"? Yeah, I don't know. I guess Luton. Who set that buy price? Show yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I have nine teams in the AFC who have higher than a 50% chance to get eight wins. Houston is the 10th team, and they are less than 50% chance to get eight wins by a lot. So I don't think they're in the playoff picture. They're not in the hunt. I'm taking them out of the hunt, even with Deshaun Watson. They're going to cover some spreads down the stretch. Better Bet your bottom dollar on that one. This might be one of them. I'm staying away, though. Um, I think uh, ooh, our, our buddy might hit his middle on that Mac game. That's pretty crazy. Oh, no, he, need, he had 31, so it's going to land right on the over, second half over. Let's talk about Giants versus the Washington football team. I will tee this one up. This is a very weird season for both of these franchises. Giants, they play their damn hearts out. They do. They play God, their God bless them. God bless their little hearts, man. They are not the most talented team on the field most weeks, but boy, do they play hard. Um, if they had a different offensive coordinator than Jason Garrett, this Giants team would be frisky. They would be winning games instead of just barely losing them. In my opinion, they would probably have beaten the Eagles. They probably would have beaten. Yeah, they may, may, may not probably beaten the Bucks, but they might have beaten the Bucks. Um, they probably would have beaten the Cowboys. Uh, they probably would be leading the NFC East. Jason Garrett, in my opinion, is the guy holding them back. Um, And it's because he refuses to give up the early, down, long-distance running plays that are the most predictable play in football when he is calling them especially because of the way he lines up. And he is doing it into stacked boxes, and it is an absolute atrocity. It's an atrocity. Um, And honestly, you can't evaluate Daniel Jones in my opinion, because of what Jason Garrett is doing to this offense. And that's a problem long-term for this franchise. You have two problems with this franchise, David Gettleman making your draft picks and um, Jason Garrett calling your offense. Uh, I don't know if either of those things change this season. I feel bad for Giants fans, I guess, as much as I can feel bad for Giants fans. I mean, this fish rots from the head in terms of decision-making on this franchise. So put some pressure on your owners to do the right thing, I guess. Um, and now here they sit as three-point dogs to the Washington football team, a team who <sighs> is coming off their bye, has 
exceeded expectations, I guess. Uh, you know, there's flashes of things to be excited about with the defense. I have them currently ranked the 12th best defense in the NFL, but their offense is 29th, and that drags them down to where they are a bottom five team uh, and would be, you know, at least four point dogs to an average team in today's NFL, maybe more. Um, surprised that they're three point fa- They opened three and a half point favorites, right? Wasn't this three and a half on the open? Let me, am I forget? Am I am I missing no, yeah, that? Yeah, was yeah, it three? It yeah, it was three and a half. Uh, it's been bet down. It's, it's now it's crossed three, so that was a bad opener. Uh, we talked about it, and I think we talked about the Giants, and we were like, "Nah, forget it." Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, I, yeah, just take take the points. It's a coin flip, it's, right? It's, 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 t- t- coin flip, team off the buy, take the points. Even. Yeah. I guess. Well, I, no, it's the other way. The team off the bye is laying the points. And then, yeah, they're at home. Boy, I, this is one I just didn't look at very long. Did you? Because like, you, you're right. I have on. trouble evaluating these teams. Real quick, without without looking it up, uh, what happened the last time these two teams played? Have they played this year already? I think Washington won, <laughs> didn't they? Is that how little I'm paying attention to Washington? <laughs> 20 to 19, New York Giants won. Oh um, my God, how did I forget stopped, the game? They, they yeah, stopped they, the two point conversion at the, the end of that one. Yeah. Oh my God. I, it's I a coin flip. That. It is a coin yeah. flip. Yeah. This is a coin flip even, between even these two, two teams. two and a half at home, I'm, I'm not this, sure I want to lay the points. No, no. no. Oh boy, Easy am I, I may <laughs> have to tease the Giants. Did you Giants. bet that game? This total, no. No, 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 no. This total is so low. And the Giants are likely Giants are likely better as a whole. I may tease this up to eight and a half and really regret it. The Giants are healthier now than when they beat them previously. That's the thing. Like they probably didn't even deserve that last touchdown. I I this might be a teaser leg, and boy, that's gross. Oh yeah, they won with the defensive touchdown. That total's so low. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like and then even the last drive for Washington, it's like, wow, this is happening now after that whole game. Now we're putting this (laughs) together. What what is going on? Like that game should have ended like ten to nine. And it, it yeah. was ten or you know thirteen, thirteen for a bit, I think. So you anyway, can have a yep. you can have a Giants indie teaser, huh? Oh, I don't, it doesn't feel great. But with it does a, with not. a total of forty, <laughs> a total of forty-two. It is. Man, it is I just need, it's a, I just a, need a, the Giants that, to get like ten right. points. The EV, the EV is um, oozing out of that, uh, out of that potential teaser leg, and I'm still not touching that leg because it's got gangrene, man. Um. Let's talk about the Vegas Raiders and the LA Chargers. You want to tee this one up? Do you have any thoughts on this game? Oh, the Chargers. Did they play a game last week? I'm trying to remember what happened to them. <laughs> Again, I, you know, when we talked about Denver an hour ago, I, and, and this is something that I don't know if we'll ever see again, but they had a double-digit lead in four straight games that they coughed up. Incredible. They've won, Incredible. They won one. They won one of those games because it's like, oh, you just we we were leading by like sixteen, and now we're down by a touchdown. Yeah. And then the coach is like, yeah, but it's the Jags. Oh, okay, okay. We'll oh, I right, fine. We'll win. Yeah, we'll <laughs> fine. We'll win this one. Uh, yeah, Desmond King to the Titans. He was something a couple years ago. Maybe uh, just a, a new a new surroundings will bring him back to the level he was when he was playing very well a couple years ago. Bosa concussion protocol. 
That's not how you say that. Per, pro, per protocol? Per protocol. That team, this is, again, this is like my, my 15-year-old that's just not paying attention math class, skipping with their friends. Like, you have so much potential, Los Angeles. Like, I don't know what you're doing throwing it away like this. You have some good defensive players. You have a young quarterback that's playing pretty well. What are we doing in the second half versus the Denver Broncos? Fish rots from the head. I just, I don't think, I don't think we have a very good coach here. I mean, there was rumblings of firing him after that. And truthfully, now, you know, I thought, oh, that's overreaction. But now that you see that stat come out, that they've coughed up a double-digit lead in four straight games, I don't yeah. hate a move. Like, make a move. What's what's their record right now? Like, they're they're two and five. I, yeah, care. Get rid of them. <laughs> make, make it, it's, it's been long enough. And he probably gets a pass because he has a rookie quarterback, but... I don't. I don't hate it if they make a move. That's, he's not stop. It's actually, you know what? I don't hate it because he's not stopping you from evaluating your quarterback, and and he's also getting you a better draft. <laughs> so yeah, he's yeah, serving just, a dual function. That's fine. And when he said after Herbert looked great, he's like Tyrod's still our guy. Like, what? What are yeah, you doing? Right. Go that's away. That's right. No, no. Yeah, and, no. He and, needs to. He needs to be. You need to. You need to move on after the season. No question. The, the best whereas, part of that was we didn't yeah. know yet. We didn't know what had happened. Um, we just, oh yeah, that's right. We like the the fact that he was, either he was so ill informed, and he didn't know, or he was just lying and saying stuff through his teeth. Either one's inexcusable, really. Like to not know your quarterback had a punctured lung and probably is not playing for a while. Like that that's something else on its own. So don't like him right now. I I, I forget who they're even playing. Oh yeah, I bet this game. I just said, <laughs> you did. I, I just, forgot about I did, this. You I did. forgot about this one. Yeah, this is the one I couldn't get you on board. Um, yeah. I got it at. I I paid. I paid dearly for this. It was like minus one nineteen, but I was fine with that. I was just looking at what it, selling it was fine. Well, it's either that or I was just going to play money line. And as we know, on Sunday nights you can't play money line, so things are just not available. No. So I took the Las Vegas Raiders plus three. At a, again, like minus 19, down what to a pick. Bet. They should, yeah, they should be a favorite. They're going to close is, the favorite, I think. They, they they likely will. This is a fun team. Like, I hated the Gruden siding, and I'm, I'm enjoying this more and more as we're going forward. Talked about it last week. We have an aggressive Derek Carr. We have some fun weapons here, and they're kind of, they're playing well. You can say even the Kansas City win aside, they're in games because of this offense not being, you know, Alex Smith of the West, where True. he just he was just check down gross. Charlie, check down, check down Charlie, throwing it away <laughs> on fourth down. <laughs> like, like, yeah, right. He was he was looking right. like like this is a guy who might need to be out of the league soon, and he has made huge strides. And as I just spoke about, they're in the eighth spot right now. This is almost a playoff. This is really really close to a playoff team. We had some bad luck here with this team losing all the linemen to the COVID thing, and you know even even with uh, well, Trent Brown was out because of it, and then as it turned out, got what? Speaking of Tyrod, this guy got what like air shot into his IV, yeah, and had to get sent to the hospital. Who 
are, do we have a medical doctor shortage because of Rona? Like, what is happening to like these NFL teams are worth billions and they're hiring and you know everybody makes mistakes. Like maybe you know the Raiders doctor and he's a real nice guy, but come on, let's let's not do this because you know this is gonna get like if you screw up at your doctor job at the local clinic, some people might find out about it. But you do it here, it's it's on the front page of everything. So they have played a very tough schedule. Go look at their schedule. It's ridiculous. The fact that they're 4-3 and three, I think is probably good. I think this is a team that will be in the playoffs, and I'm happy to back them at bad numbers. They should not be a dog to this team. And it's hard to grade them off last week. You know, we had that over. We got bit super hard in the ass. And Derek yes, Carr probably he hasn't, he hasn't played well in the cold. He didn't, it's not like he played particularly well, but he played good enough in some very awful elements it's and got the it tough done. Browns, man. And and yeah, the Brown. You talk about getting into the playoffs. The Browns are ahead of them. They now have a tiebreaker on a team who is one spot above them in the playoffs. That's just another notch in their in their belt, another feather in their cap. And it's gonna. It might come into play later on as we do some of these tiebreakers. So, yep, I was I, like it. I was fine. I was fine with the plus three. I like that a lot. <clears> I, I mean, I, I, I probably still you, played a pick. Yeah. Yeah, I gave you a lot of credit for getting that early number. That was really well played. Um, and yeah, I, I, your reasoning is sound. I, I I need to I need I need to step away from Chargers games just because I have very conflicting data on how good they are uh, relative to how they Herbert, Herbert's from great. the final score. Yeah, it, it Herbert does, is great. Yeah, the final the final scores don't make sense, and that's what I they think. I don't. think Herbert Herbert can't play free safety. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah I'm and actually, you know what? You bring up a point. Yeah. That, there's a we don't have Joey Bosa with the concussion. Did you see? Did you say Joey Bosa was concussed? Yeah, he is, he's in protocol. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. He's he already had a he's already carrying an ankle injury. Do not love if you can't generate pressure on Derek Carr. You know what that means? That means he's going to pass on you a lot. Yep. Um, all right, let's talk about let's give this one three minutes or less. Yeah, <laughs> your creepy. Pittsburgh Steelers are. Playing the Dallas Cowgirls. Um, well, and because we already did talk about the Pittsburgh game quite a bit, and they were lucky to win, this will be not not the same kind of case. No. Um, ben DiNucci got benched after one start, fairly. Uh, these guys that they are, do we know if it's going to be Cooper Rush or Gilbert who wins this job? We, we don't at this point. Cooper matter. Rush, I don't know a ton about. Garrett Gilbert was great in the AAL. Cooper Rush was the uh, – oh, oh, he was? Oh, yeah. He was on my Orlando it. Apollos. He was oh, like, he was? He, was he, he holds almost every single passing record in the AAF because they'd only played like eight weeks. And, Are the like, Cowboys live? No. No, it was the <laughs> AAF. Cooper Rush went to Central Michigan. I know that. Um, Fire up. The – yeah, this is a bad one. Try to Open. try to make thirty seconds to make a case for taking this many points. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh can generate a seven nothing lead and run out the clock. Yes, and we've seen that. <laughs> we've well, we've seen it from them this year, where they get up and yeah. um, they they won the second half against Houston seven nothing. Yeah, they can play. They can play a completely they can play bad slow. half a ball. They can. They can take the air out of the football. They absolutely can. And they're going to do it against this team who cannot stop the run. Um, Dallas just isn't going to have very many possessions, which is what scares me a little bit. You know, they're just there. But Dallas may have seven drafts in this game. 
and you're going to need to score on two of them, I think, to cover a 14. And I don't know, just two out of seven, is that a reasonable scoring conversion rate for a Dallas? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like They didn't do diddly dick in the first half, and then they went like three for three in the second half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want no part of this. Like th- yeah. My numbers are going to say they're at home still. You should probably take 14 and a half. But, again, with, with little to no information on these quarterbacks and how they'll play behind a very, very, very bad offensive line against a very, very, very good defensive, you know, pass rush. Like, I, I want no part of Dallas. I, you can talk me into an under here possibly, but it's it's pretty low to begin with. So maybe uh, maybe a second half under. This might be a – if I play anything on this second half, I'll probably tweet it out. I cool. should do that more. I play a lot of second halves. You should so. tweet that out. People love your second half plays. As, second half as, fun. As uh, evidenced by the numerous people that turn into the Periscope. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Miami, Arizona. A much more interesting game here. Um, I made a play on Miami on. Uh, we both did. Oh, you, you did it too. Okay. Yeah. No, you still feel was, good about that? Uh, I, I do because I still am very low on uh, Arizona's offense. I kind of like this under two. Uh, you think Tua, it comes in a little more? Yeah, I don't know. Tua didn't it might come good. in a little like, more. Tua, Tua did not grade out well. Hey, you, whoa, 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 whoa. But, back up. But, back well, up. Back weird, up. Back up. It's a weird let game. Me, let me make some excuses. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make three, I, uh, three important excuses. Number one, it was his first ever start with no preseason. And only true. a week of preparation. No preseason. Number two, he was going up against the Rams and Aaron Donald, who was disruptive as hell. For much of that game. Number three, they had a massive lead after they turned the ball, you know, turned the ball, got some defensive scores, which literally de-incentivized them from doing anything aggressive whatsoever. They just needed to protect the lead. Yep. And he did a fine job. He, he, he burned he, he plenty did, of clock. Yeah, he did nearly nothing. It, I mean, it is true. And that's what makes it hard to grade. And I'm fine with getting in bed with this because I think even if he's marginal, if he's the if he's in the middle, if he's median projections for me or probably you too, I think this five and a half was still too much. Uh, Gaskins hurt; he's out for a few games with an MCL, but Breda played okay at times. Yeah, he's, I like Breda. Where, wherever he's been, he's been fine. And this defense is nasty. As I mean, that you you want to say, well, they were had such a big lead. It's because of this defense. Flores might be. Flores is my coach of the year. Right coach now. of the year. If if I had to give it to coach one guy right now, I'm giving it to him. This defense is this defense is nasty. Actually, I'm ready to go play for him, man. And I love um, Flores. I love him. They're probably getting um, a decent piece on the offense back here with Antonio Callaway coming off suspension. Yes. That's the reason for the Isaiah Ford trade. You know, they there was a small trade that might have gone unnoticed because it's Isaiah Ford, but he did get traded up to the Patriots. And they're making room for Callaway coming off suspension. He's a stud slot receiver. This could be a this could be a nice piece for this offense with a young quarterback. Would you like to guess the yardage battle between the Rams and the Dolphins? I mean, just round it to the nearest 50. Rams versus <laughs> Dolphins. Uh, total yards? Total yards. Um, uh, okay. Uh, uh, Rams 250, Dolphins 150. You were dangerously close on the Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins had it? 145 yards. Oh, wow. Okay. The right. Rams had 471. Oh, my 
goodness. This is and this is one of those where you look at that box score and if you want to start doing estimates on how many points you should have per yard and you know that's awful tough especially when you have to start throwing the amount of turnovers and general fuckery in this game but yeah it was it was a lot it, 471 to 145 for total yards the rams ran 92 total plays compared to the dolphins 48 and this is because and you spoke about this the dolphins scored 28 points their four scoring drives were a fumble return by the defense, a punt return by the special teams, a one-yard drive that started on the one-yard line, obviously, after another fumble return, and a (laughs) 33-yard drive that started on the 33 because of an interception. So you had three turnovers essentially leading to three touchdowns and a special teams touchdown. And it does make sense. Like what you're saying, it may not be a 100% excuse. (laughs) The the first downs were 31-8. to Oh, this is man. just hilarious. This box, like you knew it. Like I watched the game. I'm like, this box score is gonna be stupid when I look at it. Oh yeah, but it, so, it, it happened but, but it so fast. What are you gonna it happened do? You so fast. You just, it wasn't yeah, like just kill yeah. the clock, get out of there, get your win. It was a really nice win. And yes, Goff under pressure makes some bad mistakes. And yeah, the fumbles were rough too. But I mean, if you if you're gonna get blessed with some touchdowns by the defense and special teams, just. You don't take some big risks and blow it and waste those blessings that you've been given. Just especially with a young quarterback in a plus scenario like that, just yeah, get out of there. And again, we haven't even talked about Arizona. They're off the bye week, which is good for them, but the passing game might be trash. Terrible. We said nice things about Cliff or Flores. I don't know if I'm sold on the Cliff experiment anymore. I I just don't think Kyler. You know, people make this. Uh, accusation about uh, Lamar all the time. Oh, he can't throw. Well, Cliff, I think we might have the same thing down there with Kyler. He has like one really nice deep ball per game that makes Boy, you his, forget. His release is so long. It, it's, a big, it's a big wind up. And it, it's, it, it leads to some inaccuracy. And then he, but he always has like the one deep one to like Kirk. And you're like, oh shit, this kid. And then you look at the hole and it's like, eh. I don't know if I believe in this offense. The defense is nice. I'm, you know, go look at this total. Missing some pieces. It is missing some pieces. Can't total rush the passer. Might, total might be a little high, and yeah, I I think Miami will be able to protect. So, it is down to four, four and a half. We got plus five and a half. More than happy with that. I think if there's a four and a half at a decent price, I don't hate it. I'd still take that. Um, I, I mean, like con- did you consider? Did you consider Miami money line at all? Yeah, I was doing dogs. I always yeah. consider it. I like them on the money line too. I'm probably gonna have a little bit of that in my pocket. Um, but yeah, I thought we I thought we got a good number on Sunday. I think I love the market confirmation. I think it could move a little more. Um, I think the uh, it, the missing pieces to to um, Arizona's defense from a depth standpoint is going to be meaningful. Uh, I think the fact that they can't rush the passer is going to be great for Tua to have some time and to really kind of show us something. The fact that he's now got one start under his belt is nice. Uh, you know, it's, I think he's, I think that, I think that performance helped throw the scent off of the Dolphins a little bit, where there's still value on them this week. Um, I have right now my power numbers for Miami and uh, Arizona. My difference on a neutral two and a half points. Uh, my and so I would say the fact that. There's really no home field advantage in this spot for Arizona. I would have said anything under 
anything anything over three, give me that all day of the week. Um, so having five and a half, four, four and a half, anything you know, anything over three, I think is a fair play here. Um, and yeah, Miami's defense, pass defense especially, I've upgraded them. It's for real; they're good. But you know, the 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 combo of cornerbacks that they have now between Byron Jones and Xavier Howard is legit. Um, the only thing that really scares you when uh, the Cardinals take the field is DeAndre Hopkins catching 15 balls and just, you know, being well, and, and Kyler is still very shifty with his legs. Can, oh, sure, 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 sure. He's very, he's give, very me, give me, give me, give me in any, any day of the week, give me a Brian Flores coordinated defense to take that one thing away. Like, I love it. I love it. Take, do not let him scramble uh, and pick up third and long with his legs. Um, that is going to be perfect. I think, their EPA per play, especially on offense for the Cardinals, is deceptive because of those third down scram, you know, because of that scrambling. Um, and uh, I think in general, the Cardinals are frauds. I don't think that they reasonably belong in the playoff picture, but they're going to win enough games against some of these bad teams on their schedule that they're probably going to squeak into the playoffs. I just uh, I love every opportunity I'm going to have to bet against them, especially from getting points. This is going to be nice. Yeah, I think you've talked me into a they, small money line play. I do that quite a bit yeah. too. I, I like that. <laughs> they beaten it's like when you're extra right. Yeah, they have wins against some absolute trash teams, and then they got that very very fortunate win in Week One against San Francisco, and then the penalty assisted win against the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks. Other than that, they're beating up on the Jets, Washington. This is not a good team. Not good. Not good. They lost Bob. the Lions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think this is nice. Um, all right. Game to a, to a, to a, to a, you know, welcome to the NFL this week. You know, show us something cool. What do you think of uh, Sunday NFL this week? Sunday night football. Game. Way better game. Another, oh, gross. Another interdivision game. Matters a lot. Oh, who is it this time? Matters a lot. It does. This is massive for our New Orleans Saints, who we love. They got a very tough road win against. It's an it's an absolute paradox of a team in Chicago. They're a bad team, kind of. Like they have bad quarterback play. Yeah. They have one great receiver. They have a coach that's possibly holding them back with the offensive play calling outside of like the first script. They have trouble with. their defense is good, but they have trouble backing that up. It's almost like a consolidation in tennis. When you break, when you break, it's, you get a three and out. And then if you can't do anything on offense, it's like lacking your consolidation. And that we see that from the bears. It's like, man, this defense is doing a lot against a pretty good team. And you just can't go and get anything out of this. So, um, Thomas Sanders and Callaway all practice today. They brought yes. in Quan Alexander. They were one for four in the red zone. And yes, they had Kamara, but I think not having Thomas Sanders and Callaway are probably a big problem when you get down to the red zone. When you need some targets and things get compressed, they're all really good receivers. I really like Callaway a lot this year. So one for four in the red zone, still got an overtime win on the road. And you know what? That D line. As much as I've downgraded uh, New Orleans' defense, that D-line played pretty tough. And it is a beat-up offensive line in Chicago. We talked about that before, but they looked pretty, pretty good at times. So I'm pretty happy with New Orleans. 
And I think, yeah, I think uh, going forward, I'm fine backing them in a few spots here if they're going to keep being maybe a little bit underrated still. And, yes, Breeze has arm issues, but he's still good for that 10 to 15-yard range. He's making those throws. Just we're not going we're sure. not going deep. And again, as much as I said like Nagy and I joked around about it's funny, Mitch Mitch got hurt on the one play he was in. It was like the Taysom Hill play. Which is yeah. maybe a way to nobody should be doing that. So Oops. hopefully Taysom Hill doesn't screw Taysom Hill had a receiving touchdown last week. Whenever you poop on the guy, like put him in the receiving put him out as a receiver. Stop stop snapping him the ball that fine at all. So Tampa Bay last week they looked beatable on D. They got the win, but like I, I don't know. Like the Antonio Brown thing, I'm, st- yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still bound and determined that that's going to turn out bad. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not excited about that at all. And yeah, it, it's a team we talked about in the Giants. Yeah, they they play hard. They're great. Brady had a good game, but it still took. You know, they they were a two point conversion away from going to overtime, and it, it's similar to the New Orleans game. You're playing uh, – um, uh, the Giants are worse than the Bears, obviously. But you're playing cold-weather team on their turf, a team that's, you know, trying hard but missing some pieces. They, they stopped the run pretty effectively. Like, Gallman didn't have a great day. It's not like you, you don't want to have a game where Wayne Gallman is your lead back to begin with. And they kept uh, they kept Daniel Jones off balance. He had an okay day, but he threw a couple picks. He got sacked a few times. This defense is for real. This offense is for real. And they're probably better than the Saints, but not, it's not it's not five, it's not by a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not. I don't think. I think five is probably a bit too much here. Yeah, they're at home. Yes. A couple good coaches. Good, great Hall of Fame quarterbacks, oodles of great receivers. The totals come down. That's what I'm looking at more. Do you think, you know, I said the New Orleans had a nice pass rush, but the secondary is still leaving something to be desired. And Tampa Bay's defense has been great, but New Orleans has a ton of weapons. Can you can you tell me why this total went down? Ah, boy, I can't tell you why they opened this two points higher than look ahead. That didn't make any sense to me at all. Um, I thought we, I was like, I was fingers crossed. I hope they stick with the look ahead of four because I'd love that with the Saints because this is only like really three points or less separating these two teams. And then they opened it at like six. I was like, are you serious? So I'm, I'm, I'm all over the Saints. Um, and I didn't really give the total a ton of thought. The fact that it's been like bet Sa- down doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, doesn't make doesn't make a ton of sense to me. You know, in the two games that the Saints played against the Buccaneers last year, they this again, not much difference in personnel when you look at the matchup of Saints offense versus Tampa Bay defense. Right? Not much has changed. In fact, the only thing that's different really is Vita Bay is not on the field. Otherwise, it is basically the exact same matchup. Guess how many points they scored when they went up against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year? I'll give you a hint. The first time it was thirty-one, and the second time it was thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints team can score on the Bucks. They can score on Todd Bowles' team. And you might say, I, I'm looking right now, first one, actually the first time when they got 31, uh, it was Teddy Bridgewater. It wasn't even Drew Brees. Drew Brees is quietly playing very well. Sean Payton is quietly coordinating a very solid offense. And now he's getting pieces back. This is a great spot to buy in on the Saints. And realistically, um, you know, 
I don't know. I think you covered the game extremely well. Tampa Bay, fine. If you, I'm fine if you are telling me that they ought to be have a higher power rating than the Saints. I'm fine. They, uh, their resume is more impressive this season. They have obviously proven it out. I would point to the fact that the Saints have had a lot of bad penalty luck and say that that's going to regress. I would point to the Tampa Bay Bucks defense and say defense is not forward predictive. You can't look at the first eight weeks and say that they're going to be that good over the second eight weeks. Everyone knows this. Um, and you know, I, I think you're going to see positive regression for the Saints defense and negative regression for for the Bucks defense. And you know, long term, I think the Saints are are by a low spot. Um, I don't have much more to add to this game. I took the points. I think it's competitive. I think it's team with the ball last wins. Whoever ex- executes a little better in the red zone at the end of the game probably wins. The fact that the Bucks have so many weapons now in the passing game, especially they maybe they win. Um, but boy. Look at the Saints' schedule after this and give me an appraisal as to where it probably ranks in the pantheon of difficult or easy NFL schedules. They drew an absolute beauty. Here. They got the Niners next week, Nick Mullins and Co. <laughs> they got the Falcons, the Broncos, the Falcons, the Eagles. Difficult contest week 15 against the Kansas City Chiefs, but they get them at home. And then they round up the season with the Vikings and the Panthers. That is a lot of W's for a team that is rounding into form. And the Saints are going to get to 12 wins, 13, maybe 14, if they can beat the uh, um, the Chiefs week 15, which I think is going to be a fantastic game in your Super Bowl preview. Um, yeah. Saints to win the NFC at seven to one was a buy last week. I think we talked about that on this pod. Talked about it on a lot of pods last week. I think this is the buy spot for the Saints, and I think they win this game and they win the NFC I, South. I just, I and just they validate your your preseason bet. What's that? I just made a play on this. You just what? Um, I okay. just made a play. There are books that have team totals up. I just played over twenty three points, minus twenty. Ah, oh, see, this is good. That is solid. I like it. I, I, I thought, I, like it. I, I, I said, if it's cheap 23 and a half, which is what I thought it would be, I'd play it. Having a flat 23, I'm, yeah, I'm, I do like what this offense can do, even against Tampa on the road. It's not a cold weather, cold weather city. It's a familiar place. It's not familiarity is huge. Spot. It is going to be yeah. raining in Tampa, I guess, during the day, but I don't know that. You can predict. I don't think you know, I don't the think rain Tampa, impact that the rain's going to stop this offense. Yeah, if they have all their receivers back, I, I'm more than happy to take 23. I think 24 is probably like my median on this is looking like 26 ish. So I'm fine with that. I'm. I just I played it. I put it in the sheet. I bet it over 23 team total. If it goes 23 and a half and it's affordable, I'm fine with that too. So added a added a play. Okay. I like it. Um, I Ooh, this is not a good way to close a podcast. Zero point zero, zero, zero interest in this. Let's give, let's save this for Sunday night's pod. And if we forget about it, we forget about it. Sound good? Yeah. Here we'll we'll <laughs> just say we'll say it is. New England is seven point favorites on the road in the Meadowlands facing Gangrene and the the undefeated reverse undefeated. Unwind, undefeated, unfeated, unfeated. New York Jets and Adam Gase totals bouncing around between forty-one and a half, forty-two and a half, depending where you look. And yeah, we'll we'll bring it up Sunday. Yeah, 
no idea what to make of the Patriots right now. They have no incentive to win anymore, but they're going up I, against a team that they're we, so we much did agree. We did agree on so. something in this game as we were going through the uh, schedule for the Jets. We yeah, agreed this, this might be their win. most. This was their most winnable game. We're not saying they have an advantage and you should play this money line. We said if you take all That's the games true. that are left, this That's is their true. most winnable game. And honestly, if you look at the spreads that going holds. forward, it, it that probably holds. is the closest they'll be. So this is their most winnable game. Yeah. If you really believe the Jets have a chance, or you if you have a big number on like Jets to go in sixteen. I would, I would, I might put a couple bucks in this money line. This is, this yeah, is bet, don't, no, no, don't bet the money line. Bet uh, like plus three. Sell down to three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get close and and cash both. That'd be sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Hit that middle. Hit that middle. All right. Well, uh, good job breaking this down. Let's. Uh, do you agree that the scope, secret scope play, Panthers team total over? Yeah, I'm right fine with that. Practice? Like that. I'm, right. I'm looking right now and. Um, it's 21 minus 15 at the book. I'm fine with that. Let's do that. Let's do it. So Panthers over Let's 21 points scored against the Chiefs because I think they can get that done too. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, man. Best luck this week. Great podcast as always. And we will touch base again on Thursday Night Football if it happens. <laughs> Which is probably 50-50.